Welcome to the podcast, In and Through exists to equip the church to be hearers and doers of the word. My name is Tim. And my name is Marshall. What's up, Marshall? Not too much. Just uh, can't see your laptop, so I'm wondering if my mic's on. Can you oh, yeah. Sorry. Let me let me do a little twist. <laughs> well, you know, after you go. after some of our, our uh, mishaps in, in recent weeks, you know, no, it's just good, right. good to know that we're it's starting right. off on the right foot. No, I'm doing good. I'm do- The sun is shining. Oh, is it ever? The trees are blooming. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that like three month window we experience here in Canada where the trees actually are full of leaves. It's very short. It is. It is. <laughs> I one thing that I'm excited about. Like it's going to get down. I mean, this is being recorded a week early. We say yeah, it all the yeah, time. Yeah. But after Sunday, the lows are like nine. Yeah, Celsius. I can deal with that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Right, Lindsay and I today ceremonially turned off the heater oh. before I came to work. Yeah, wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So it's a good day to be in a good mood. Yeah, to record a podcast. It is. It is. Yeah, can't complain. Oh, so Tim, mm-hmm. we are into officially into part two. Of the catechism. I think we should have more banter. Okay. What do you want to banter about? I, I just think we should have more banter because... <laughs> <laughs> because we can't fully answer the question this week without answering the questions from upcoming weeks. So because yeah. the question this week <laughs> is just a primer for the next two weeks, and it's a trap. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what should we banter no, I, about? We've got, I, the I, weather, I, we've got the weather down. Do we want to dive into you know, sociopolitical I, issues I've got in the 10% Middle East? I've left or? on my iPad. We have to. Uh, oh, okay. We record. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so question 21 what sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to god right so we talked about that we need a redeemer we talked about who the redeemer is it's jesus in case you missed it in case you missed it and now we got to say well what sort of redeemer mm-hmm. is needed yeah um i yeah maybe maybe this one and the next two could have come before the fact that it's Jesus as a sort of setup. But now that we know that it's Jesus, what sort of redeemer is Jesus? Yeah. And why does that matter? Yeah, what is it about him that makes him perfectly qualified to be the redeemer? Wrong answers or alternative ways people have looked at this in the past. Yeah. The heresies are a many. They are. I mean, you have kind of these generic things like in our contemporary culture that get thrown around a lot. You know, Jesus is a moral teacher. Right. He was a cultural revolutionary. Jesus was a mm-hmm. socialist, and you know. Yeah. No, no, Jesus was a capitalist. No, no. Um, we have the, Jesus was simply a prophet, right? That's what Islam yeah. believes. Super nice guy. Yeah, super nice guy. So nice that more than <laughs> 2,000 years later, people just can't get over how nice he was. <laughs> he I was... S- I s- oh, sorry. On. I saw an amazing meme. Okay. And maybe this was in our meme share so maybe you've seen it too i don't remember but it said if you were more like jesus people would like you better and the guy just turns and responds with 
they killed Jesus. I think Morgan Walpole posted that. Is that who it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah. When I see her posts, I don't throw them in the thing because Eric is part of the group. Whatever. <laughs> no, that was great. Yeah, I thought that was that was funny. Yeah, I mean, there's the kind of the the new age view, right? Jesus was an enlightened being, mm-hmm. one of many enlightened beings, but one we can learn from on our journey to a higher plane. Yeah, and even if you step outside of Jesus, right? There are other things of. What does mankind need to redeem them? And you have humans going against the gods, right? Mm. Like that would challenge the gods and some mm-hmm. ancient lure and stuff like that. So yeah. I think societal improvement. Yeah. Right? That's kind of one of these things, political and social reform. That's our that's how we can redeem ourselves. So I, I have this philosophy and I would be happy for someone to just blow it up. But no one has yet, and I've been saying it for years. I think in all of society, all cultures, all worldviews, there might be one thread of a universally agreed-upon thought. And I know that that's dangerous because you're going to be like, oh, well, there's an outlier right, everywhere. That's okay. But I don't think there is. I think the one universal thought is things could be better. Nihilism. What about nihilism? <laughs> I'm grasping. <laughs> but I would say that even with that, they would say things would, uh, they would say things are okay. It, and if you would just realize, mm. then we would all be in a happier place. Mm. Yeah, maybe. So I would say, <laughs> I would say things. That things could be better or things are not okay. Right, yeah. Is universally agreed upon. And that's why there are so many ideas about how a savior could mm-hmm. come about and either be the conqueror, the physical attacking of the gods, all the way down to the philosopher who just brings the worldview that pe- makes people go, oh, okay, now I don't have the urge to be selfish because I never heard anyone say it like that before. Yeah. Um, but whatever it is, whatever it is, there's just seems to be this universally agreed upon things Mm -hmm. could be better. Um, and so we need, we need to get to that place. Yeah. I mean, within the kind of broad, and I'm using air quotes here that no one can see Christian tradition. I can see them. You can see them. Um, there are some wrong answers oh yeah that have come up over time oh yeah some of our listeners might be familiar with um with some of these concepts because we've discussed them in part but i think a mm-hmm. refresher is always good um because sometimes you know these heretical teachings have big fancy names and uh sometimes it's good to be reminded of of what has already been determined to be a problematic view um so first one the idea that Jesus was was divine, uh, but his human body was simply an illusion. Oh. He, he only seemed to be human and only seemed to die. Right. It's docetism, essentially. And only seemed to actually pay the price of our sin. <laughs> <laughs> That's the problem. That's the problem with that, right? Uh, right. At, at that point, there has been no bloodshed for the payment of sin. Mm-hmm. And so we cannot sing at the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Mm-hmm. 
we cannot sing there is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Mm-hmm. Right? We could say there seems to be a fountain filled <laughs> with blood drawn <laughs> from Emmanuel's veins. <laughs> if he had veins, but it only looked like he had veins. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And sinners <laughs> plunged beneath this hypothetical hypothetical <laughs> mirage of a flood. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. So that's 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 one that's one view. And actually we already mentioned Islam, but they they actually they don't think that Jesus wasn't human, but they do think there was some like, you know, sleight of hand that happened on the cross and Jesus didn't actually die. Right. On the cross, it was he got swapped with Judas in some weird kind of freaky okay. freaky good friday situation. Okay, here's here's the problem with all of those things. Mm-hmm. Right? One, there is oldest scripture because Matthew talks about the fact that the leaders of the Jews are like, hey, they said they're going to do a body switch, right? Like, so it's super old. Yeah. The other thing is, what does anyone have to gain in that? <laughs> right? Right. You look at like 12 disciples who are going to die for their faith. Jesus comes in, he's like, here's this thing. I'm going to come in and I'm going to I'm going to say this stuff. We're going to start a new movement and and then at the last minute we're going to do this body switch out thing. I got this guy who's down to be the one crucified <laughs> in my place for all the stuff that I'm going to say. Right. Uh he's good for it. I asked him. Uh and then you guys are all going to go to your graves martyred saying no, it was real. It was real, and I'm going to slip off and just disappear into the sunset. It's going to be awesome. And everyone said, yeah, let's do it. That's hilarious. <laughs> no, it makes no sense at all. I yeah. heard I heard a guy, I, very famous pastor. I'm not going to say who just because people will get polarized on it. Uh, but it, it was so funny. They, they were talking this way in sort of this roundtable discussion of worldviews thing. And and he says, that is the worst, it's it sort of like the same draw that I, is the worst idea ever. Right. If you're, why would you invent a religion based on die to yourself and maybe actually right. for the faith? No one wants to invent that. So if I'm inventing a religion, it's going to be salvation by naps and Hot wings. <laughs> I'm good for that. But die to myself and possibly even literally? No. Yeah. No one makes that up. Yeah, I know. So this whole, like, body switch stuff, that's... Yeah. Give it... Before you say it, give it at least a minute of thought. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, how about this one? Uh, Jesus was born as just merely a human. He wasn't yep. divine, but yep. he was a very good boy. And due to the fact that he was very virtuous, God looked at him and adopted him as his son, saying, you know what, you've just been so good at following the rules for the first 30 years of your life, Jesus, you're my guy. I'm calling you up to the big leagues. Uh, That's called adoptionism. Right. And we've literally heard it preached in Stratford. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is crazy. At a church that, I mean, we won't name it, but uh, a church that... Um, we would have otherwise considered somewhat like-minded. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it was actually... It uh, blew us away. But but it's not even... It's not even just a bad form of Christian, right? It exists in, like... That's the story of Maui. Yeah. If you watch Moana. Yeah. Right? Because that's where we all get our, <laughs> you know, Hawaiian and Polynesian 
understanding of faith from. Uh, it's the story of Hercules. Yes. Right? A, not a god abandoned, adopted by a god. I can go the distance. Hercules. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's Greek at its roots, mm-hmm. and then just sort of yeah, pagan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how about this one? Uh, Jesus' divine nature is so significant that it overwhelms his human nature to the point where he isn't really a human being at all. Yet he sweats drops of blood at even the thought of the physical pain mm-hmm. and the shame awaiting him at the cross. Yeah. He gets hungry. He gets thirsty. He gets tired. Yeah. No. Sorry. Like, right. you just have to, like, like you, yeah, that's called uh, Eutychianism. It has a couple names, but that one was the most fun to say. Sure. Most fun to say and actually easiest to pronounce, so I went with that one. <laughs> Okay, and here's the big one. Here is the big one that we really need to be careful for. Um, Jesus is similar to God the Father, uh, Mm -hmm. but is in fact a created being, right? He's the best of God's creation. Right. Uh, But he had a beginning in time. Right. But we need to get into that one. Yeah. But that's going to be a long talk, so I'm just going to throw in really quickly— Mormonism. Okay, yeah. I, I think Mormonism likes to, on the surface, put itself out as the whole, like, hey, Christians, we're your neighbor. We just believe a little bit differently, mm-hmm. which is not true. Yeah. It is entirely different. Mm-hmm. Mormonism is a spiritual pyramid scheme. Literally. Right? Like, there is a God who was given this world right, and someone to populate it with. And so this world becomes super populated. Two of his sons, Satan and Jesus, are at odds over who's going to, I, I think, inherit, which is an odd thing for a god to do because mm-hmm. no one would die. A god wouldn't <laughs> die, so why would you? I don't know. So I, I could be off on that. But but they become rival brothers, mm. and Jesus is the one given reign over this planet. And somehow, if you follow Mormonism— then you can someday get your own planet. Yeah. And birth rival sons. Um, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 the, it's, it's bizarre, but, but it is a, a different Christology. Yeah. It's the Arbon of spiritual philosophies. Right. <laughs> and if you, you can get gotta, your friends to sign yeah, up. Yeah, if you can get in early and get your friends to sign up, yeah, you can get like the whatever it is, the pink Mercedes when you're done. Or maybe that's Mary Kay. I, I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, okay. So back to, back to this Arianism. Uh, this idea that Jesus is a created being. Mm-hmm. So I, I was doing a little bit of research, and there's something that was interesting that came across my screen as I was digging into the internet. In 2018, Lifeway did uh, some research amongst people who identified as having evangelical beliefs, right? Sure. Jesus, you know, is you know faith in Jesus, the authority of the Bible, all that good stuff. And they pulled these people— these participants on a number of theological and moral issues. So, I mean, we're talking about like whether or not Christ is the only means of salvation, whether or not objective truth exists, uh, subjects of sexuality, abortion, etc. And in a lot of these questions, there was a surprisingly high number of respondents who had uh, unorthodox, unbiblical views on some of these subjects. But mm-hmm. the question where that the highest amount of 
those who were identified as evangelicals, the question that most of them got wrong was, um, is Jesus the first and greatest being created by God the Father? And 78% of them said yes. 78% of people who identified as evangelical Christians believe that Jesus was the first and greatest being created by God the Father. Which is Arianism. Yeah. Most most notably in our culture, Jehovah's Witness. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's... That's the kind of thing that causes, I hope, like 70 pastors of 78% of evangelicals to go, all right, mm-hmm. we got work to do. Yeah. Now, an interesting thing, just a little shout out um, to some of my brothers and sisters here. Uh, in this polling, um, it was evangelical millennials who scored highest on the test as far as having the most orthodox views. And like, you know, millennials, like, you know, we get kind of dragged through the mud a lot in church circles. So we just kind of like... In circles in general. In circles in general, just in society in general. I mean, it goes both ways. Let's be honest. It goes both ways. But it was just, uh, yeah, evangelical millennials actually had the uh, the highest scores. And at least it, amongst respondents in the U.S. where they did this study, an increasing uh, amount of millennials are actually, from a few years before, uh, are actually identifying as evangelical Christians and... Um, holding to orthodox views, which was I was surprised to hear actually. Yeah, you got any any philosophies on that? Uh, yeah, I got one. Let's hear it. I think that amongst uh, older generations, the there was a much more, uh, more. It was far more common for there to be like this cultural Christianity. So you were just because of the era you were born in or the family you were born into, you were by default a Christian. And if that family was part of an historically part of an evangelical church, so were you, mm-hmm. whether or not that really meant something to you. And certainly it meant a lot to a lot of those people, but sure. not, not like today it's different today to be an evangelical Christian as a millennial means that you are very different from your peers right. where that might not necessarily be the case when it comes to worldview and, and, you know, opinions on cultural issues um, for someone who's much older, where there's kind of this pseudo-Christian worldview that dominated Western society, you know, 50 years ago or whatever. Yeah, I, I would say that's probably the predominant factor, mm-hmm. right? Like, in years past, to say that you were a Christian was just another route to take. Yeah. Even with people who didn't agree with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it is polarizing. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I didn't know that about you mm-hmm. um, kind of a thing. And so not it, not entirely, but can be. And so that's probably one reason for the numbers. A, lo- a lot of people like to do that. There's a lot of talk about churches, the church shrinking. Mm-hmm. It, it's not really shrinking. It's being distilled. Right. I, I think there are not fewer truly born again, devoted Christians now than there ever were. Right. Um, the difference is it's not as comfortable to be in the periphery. And right. if you're not really given to it, it's easier to just not do it at all. Yeah. There's not like this social pressure to go to church. Right. Right. I think the other. And this is this is going to get a little more spicy. Oh, man, I love spice. I think the other is that. Um, so I'm not a millennial. I sort of 
Gen between, X. I'm between Gen X and the millennials, right? There's just a small Xennial thing that they say. Um, so I'm I'm in that group, and and I would say having grown up in that, um, and just sort of seeing the world around me, it could very well be that I was just naive to everything going on around me. Um, but theology, in a lot of places, was seen as almost a negative thing, mm. right? Like, it, it, oh, that's that's heady. That's too much. If you if you start thinking about it too much, you won't you'll lose your faith and all that kind of stuff. It almost like it was. You talked about this last night in the Philippians Bible study, right? Almost that it's better to know less. Mm. Um, and so theology wasn't pushed as much as decisionism. Easy believism kind of things. Um, I'm glad to have come from the church that I grew up in, where I I don't believe that was my personal experience, mm-hmm. um, but I know it was a lot of what was going on at the time, mm-hmm. um, and so so I think there's probably some degree of that where millennials are pretty jazzed about deep theology. Yeah, right. They want to talk about theological matters and and means of justification and atonement theories and stuff like that mm-hmm. um i think the advent so. of the internet has maybe like the advent of the internet does a lot of different things in in different ways but it like not too long ago you were really limited to the books that were in your church library yeah right where that is no longer the case sure like if i want to read what the church fathers had to say about something or reformers or just great preachers from days gone by, I can access that easily Mm -hmm. um, where that might not have been the case in the past. We were talking about how difficult it's going to be to answer this question and that we were going to be super short. We got to roll. We haven't even answered the question (laughs) yet. And we're at 22 22 minutes. So the answer to the question, what sort of redeemer is needed to bring us back to God? One who is truly human and also truly God simultaneously in one person mm-hmm. two natures two natures one being one being yeah and you want to put a word to that sorry you want to put a word to that like the dual nature of christ i don't know there's probably a fancier word that i'm blanking homostasis. on homostasis oh yeah 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 homostasis yeah yeah santa claus was all about that discussion (laughs) santa claus was very serious that was santa claus's contribution to uh, the Council of Nicaea. That's right. He also punched Arius in the face when he went. Right. <laughs> when he was pro- promoting heresy. Here comes Santa Claus. <laughs> Santa Claus gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> the uh, scriptural reference that we have here actually comes from Isaiah. Uh, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting mm-hmm. Father, and Prince of Peace. Well, there you go, kids. Yeah. <laughs> and and now this is where this is where you're going to be like, oh, so they're going to talk about mm. how someone can have two natures and one being, right? But we can't, because <laughs> if we do that, we'd have to give you two weeks off. <laughs> because that's what we that's what the next two weeks are about, right? That's true. So the next week's question is why must the redeemer be truly human and then why must the redeemer be truly God? Mm-hmm. So this week we're only able to say he must be truly human and truly God. 
And if that leaves you saying, but why? We have to say, wait, may God sustain you for two more weeks. <laughs> I mean, we people could always do some research on their own if they like. That's always an encouraged thing. Uh, but just be ready because some of those conversations can get pretty heady. Um, Gregory of Nazanius is a great church mm-hmm. father to read on this. Mm-hmm. I, here's something that people, I, you mentioned reading the church fathers. Yeah. I think people should read the Church Fathers. Mm -hmm. If nothing else, I think you would be shocked to read the Church Fathers. Because can it get a little bit dry? Sure. Mm -hmm. It's translated from very old speak. And so, yeah, it it can be a little bit dry sometimes. Mm -hmm. But not as dry as you would think. Because the idea of Christian prudence and politeness is a very modern construct. Yes, it is. <laughs> and the way these guys talk to each other <laughs> is rude to the point of hilarious. Yeah. Gregory uses so many exclamation points and begins so many of his counter arguments with must we again address this drivel? Right? <laughs> Things like that. Even Luther. There there is a there is a Twitter uh alias out there that is just the what's it called like disses yeah yeah it just it, or it's insults it's yeah i think it's called the insults of luther okay. and and there are enough that he posts every day some <laughs> other insult that luther dropped and uh and they're good in that way yeah. so it's not just like i hear your question brother let me address it it's it's stuff like you're a smarter person than this, and I feel like I'm talking to a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some interesting, pretty spicy Interesting how spicy yeah. it, it could There's be. some that we probably wouldn't say on this podcast. There are a lot <laughs> that I'm, I'm sitting on a lot right now uh, because I do agree that prudence matters. Yeah, we should be and charitable towards other people. <laughs> so I'm not saying that's the best thing that they did. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying... If you cracked open a couple of the church fathers, particularly when they're doing point counterpoints, mm-hmm. uh, you might be surprised. Yeah, you might. You might. Um, Augustine has something to say on this, and and uh, in the commentary section, and he Augustine or Augustine, it's one of those camps <sighs> things. Nobody knows. It's like Tim Callies, Tim Challies. Nobody knows. He doesn't know. <laughs> I'm sure, right. I'm sure he's a longtime listener, so he can <laughs> chime in. So Augustine, aka Augustine of Hippo. So that's the that's the the famous. There's a few. There's a few Augustines, Augustines, but this is the the big one, the one that that you've probably heard of. Mm-hmm. He who existed as the Son of God before all ages, without a beginning, deigned to become the Son of Man in these recent years. Just pause there for a second. That's one of the weird things about reading early church guys is that like to them, the the advent of Christ is like a relatively recent event, mm-hmm. um, which is something that is kind of foreign to us, but that's, that's okay. Um, he did this, although, although he who submitted to such great evils for our sake had done no evil, and although we, who were the recipients of so much good at his hands, had done nothing to merit these benefits. Begotten by the Father, he was not made by the Father. He was made man in the mother whom he himself had made, so that he might exist here for a while, sprung from her who could never 
and nowhere have existed except through his power. Hmm. And there are some who are going to say statements like that are theological speak that the Bible doesn't touch on, which is not true. Mm -hmm. When Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and they say, well, what about Abraham? You're talking like you know Abraham. Yeah, you're, you're not even 50 years old yet, Jesus. Right, and he says, before Abraham was, ego me. Yeah. I am. Mm -hmm. And and it's not like they were like, well, that's that's grammatically strange. Yeah. Right? As we would say now. It doesn't say that they looked at each other and be like, oh, I, I think he got his tenses wrong. Yeah. They don't look at each other and say, uh, that's a, a bizarre claim for a man so young uh, and sort of double down on the you're not even 50. They pick up rocks mm -hmm. and they were going to beat the life out of him. Mm-hmm. Because they knew what he was saying. Yeah. He was saying this. Yeah. Yeah. So, because you referenced... By the, the way, they also knew he was human and that rocks would yeah. kill him. Yeah. So. <laughs> there you go. You got both. Yeah, because, I mean, for, for those who are interested, if he were to just say, like, Amy is I am, yep. right? But to say ego Amy, it's like I, myself, I am. It's got like this weird... It is, but it is how the, the name that God the divine name that God gives to Moses at the burning bush is rendered in into Greek. Right. Um, Which they would have been using with the Septuagint and yep. the Greek translation of the yep. Old Testament. Yep. And so for them, yeah. He identified it's himself a big as deal. the Almighty. It's a big deal. Yeah, which is why they were going to execute him for blasphemy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this is a this is a thing that, like, we, we ought to wrap our heads around and uh, and be careful. Right. I mean, if 78 percent of professing evangelicals are mistakenly holding to heretical teaching, that's a that's a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and it's not that we have to go around bashing everyone upside the head for their incorrect views, but we really need to examine our own convictions and be careful in the way that we talk about things. Mm -hmm. when we talk about the person of Christ who is f truly God and truly man. Uh we have to be careful, just as in the same sense when we talk about the Trinity, that we don't turn ourselves into accidental heretics. <laughs> right. You have sure. to be precise, um, and you have to be thoughtful and careful in, in how we talk about these things. Yeah, and, and walking that line, mm. I, I think without getting into why he has to be fully human, why he has to be fully divine, but that he needs to be both, mm -hmm. I'll drop an analogy— that is only intended to go so far. I mean, you can run an analogy and be like, well, well, for that analogy, then you have to have to, no. Keep, this is very surface level, very simple, very crude. The primary job of Jesus was to be the word, the mediator, mm -hmm. right? He would come and he would, he would live it, he would speak it, and he would pay the penalty for our sin to bring all of that into being. He mm -hmm. is the word, John tells us, right? The Logos. And so that he is the ultimate mediator, revealing God and God's will to us in his spoken word, and then bridging the void between us, mediating for our sin on the cross. Think of it as a translator. Mm. A translator has to be able to speak both languages. Mm -hmm. They have to be able to connect with 
both parties in order to bring them together mm-hmm. to mediate that conversation nice. that is broken. And so Jesus needs to be both so that he can mediate that conversation between the two. Uh, and if and if you want to throw stones at me for that analogy, I would just say read Hebrews and then throw them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'll give me some time to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's good. That's good. I think it sets up the next couple weeks well. Yep. All right, then. In that case, thanks for listening. This podcast is a resource of Memorial Baptist Church in Stratford, Ontario, in cooperation with the Gospel Coalition of Canada and is produced by Alex Walker. See you next week for that much-anticipated. Yeah, see you then. Why he must be fully human.